Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, super <laughs> smart, and Hamilton-loving wife and co-host, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so good to have you with us. We are recording this episode, well, some of this episode, um, <laughs> part of this episode on June 27th, 2020. We also recorded a little bit of this episode on June 20th, I think so. So, so we have an A and a B yeah. just in our <laughs> so, recording. So, I mean, if you're listening to this, you may not realize that. But if you're actually watching this on our YouTube channel, well, you may notice um, we're wearing a couple of different things. Right. I actually finally got my first COVID haircut, you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's going to be funny. It's going to see you short hair and then all of a sudden All of a sudden it's going to flash back to, you know, five months of growth. So I love it. Yeah, I so like your... All the more reason to go watch the YouTube just to see the difference in my hair. Right. You know? And I uh, love your Hamilton shirt. Yes. And so, I, I love your tartan that you're wearing right? there. Is that yes. for, you know. Well, he was a Scotsman. He was a Scotsman so from the Caribbean. Clan the... Yes. Uh, Tartan, yep. The Scotsman in the Caribbean into New York. Right. And a founding father. We're talking about Hamilton, and we'll get much yeah. more into Hamilton soon with our very special guests. Very excited about that. It's I so know. It's so exciting that we got to meet up with them. and Yeah. And it's not going to be the last time we're meeting up with right? them. Well, not the last time talking about Hamilton. I'm sure well, there'll be some other times to talk True. about other subjects as well, but we'll get more into that in just a little bit. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and sign up for the newsletter? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great newsletter. Tom uh, does a really good job of that. And it's just another way of us uh, connecting with everybody and sharing some information. Yeah, that's it. We just want you to be in the know what's happening in the Hyperion Adventures world, whether it be, you know, our podcast or currently running what we've done in the past maybe it's something from the disney dishes blog i'm putting out the recipes that we're putting out there every week right. on there as well so whatever's going on you, if you sign up for the newsletter you will be the first to know yeah i was just gonna say you'll be in the know you'll be in the hyperion adventures no wow <laughs> so special <laughs> another way to be in the hyperion <laughs> adventures no is to also follow us on social media we are very active on social media if you ever want to contact us follow us through there you can find us on twitter at hyperion podcast wow i'm struggling and it's early in the day i know although that was nice because you said it actually slow <laughs> which is <laughs> very rare most of for the time me. where you're blah, 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 I'm, trying, I'm trying to do my lafayette impersonation <laughs> throughout most of this stuff uh facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast we are on youtube you can find our youtube Ooh. channel hello everybody out on youtube uh just do a search for hyperion adventures podcast we'll come right up there subscribe you'll know whenever we release a new video and you can always email us if you want to contact us for any reason ask a question suggest a topic just say hi whatever the case may be at hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com right and another thing that we like to remind people of is how much we appreciate getting feedback whether it be through email or through a review right uh, a review is a great way to give us feedback let us know what kind of podcast we're doing if you enjoy the show if there are things that we could work on uh, and it also allows other people to to find that show who have a like interest uh, much easier. There's some algorithms or something that I don't understand that goes on out there, which there's a lot of things that I don't understand that go on out there. No. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's one of the things. But really, the easiest way for you to let people know that you enjoy this show, that they might want to listen to this show, is just tell a friend. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So as for today's show, we have lots of stuff for you today, including we have some information about a new Pirates of the Caribbean film that's getting ready to be uh, put into uh, workings. Yeah. And also, Disney is retheming one of its favorite fan favorite attraction i know that's exciting it is exciting but we've waited so long for this so (laughs) let's get right to it today's main topic of the week so michelle we are so excited about this obviously you know we love hamilton One of the connections we made within the Disney community, yes, they are huge Disney fans, but just like us, they are also huge Hamilton fans. Yeah, very smart, very talented. Right, that's for sure, as we found out from our anniversary episode, if you listen to that. uh, We couldn't be more excited to bring on, once again, Keenan and Rachel from the Part of Our World podcast. Guys, Welcome to the Hyperion Adventures podcast once again. Good to be here again. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Very excited to talk Hamilton. Yes, yes. yes. It's a long time coming. I know. (laughs) And we thought we were going to have another year to plan this because originally it wasn't going to be coming out until like October of next year. Right. And suddenly they they put with this whole COVID thing, they pushed it all up. And now we're getting Disney Plus. Thank you, Lin Manuel Miranda. (laughs) Let's go to the main person. (laughs) Thank you, Lin. So, uh, Turns guys, out we don't have to wait for it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> quick, quick. I mean, he was Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton would have worked on it nonstop. Burr would have made us wait for it, right? Yeah. As we'll yeah. get into That's here. True. Coming on. Right. So, uh, so, guys, again, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, you know, some of you, our listeners out there, probably know a little bit about you. I'm sure we have some crossover listenership, and you were on right. our show. Uh, about 10, 11 months ago, doing our, what well, we did, wow. the Twilight Zone, uh, you know, a Twilight wow. Zone of the Parks, which it's was kind so of fun. hard to believe that far back. But just in case there are some listeners out there, who I'm sure there are, who don't know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves, your love of Disney to start off with, and, and how you decided to turn that love of Disney into a Disney-focused podcast. All right. Well, first Here of all, here. if you don't know who we are, you need to go back and listen to the Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> that was so fun. Yes. Doing that with you guys, and then and then we had you on our show to talk um, Marvel movies. Right. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yes. Times. Although I can't tell you what episode number that was, to, to <laughs> but partofaworld.net, search Hyperion, you'll find it. Um, so I guess you know to keep it short and sweet, since we kind of gave our story last time we were on your show, we started the Disney podcast in 2018. Yeah. Because we liked talking Disney and didn't want to annoy people in our lives who weren't as excited to talk Disney, but we needed an outlet to do it. And uh, we had no idea what we were doing, as I think most amateur podcasters are when they get started. So just had a microphone, started recording, had some ideas for shows and kind of took off from there. And now we're part of this Disney content creator community online that's been amazing and has enabled us to develop friendships with the likes of Tom and Michelle, which has been awesome. Yeah. It has, it has been awesome. I mean, I mean, Kenan and Rachel become two of our best friends that we've meet, met out there, although we've never met in person yet. We're still hoping at some point we're going to get out there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
So, uh, but we've loved your show from the beginning. Uh, you guys have been big supporters of ours. Right. And if you haven't listened to part of our world podcast, definitely check them out. They're usually about bi-weekly. I think your episodes come out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, they really do a wide array of topics, mostly talking about the parks, but they also touch on movies as we talked about. We did the, right. the Marvel, Marvel one with them and everything. So definitely check them out. Now let's get into the important thing that we're talking about today. Let's talk about Hamilton. Yeah. Before we get actually into the topic, uh, let Tell us a little bit about your love for Hamilton. How did you kind of discover this amazing musical? And, uh, you know, how did you kind of take such a big hold in your lives? So I'll let Rachel take the lead here because she actually got me into Hamilton. Yeah. So this was my one of my best friends, Meredith. She like I think she texted me one day or just told me one day. She was like, hey, there's this musical. And she's like my, who I look, look up to as far as musicals. Like she knows them and loves them and we enjoy them together, but I'm not as well versed in all of them as she is. Um, but she was like, hey, there's this new musical that has come out called Hamilton. Like basically like telling me, she's like, I'm going to be obsessed with it and talk about it all the time. And you really <laughs> need to listen to it because it's amazing. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a listen. And so I would just like have it on the background on YouTube, they had the the whole um, soundtrack, and so I would just like kind of put that on just to you know see what was all the fuss was about, I guess. And this was pretty early on. This was back in 2015 when it I don't know this was like summer, early summer 2015. So yeah, I just had it on, and then you know, it really clicked for me when I heard "Wait for It." I had it on the background. I was like, okay, like it wasn't totally, you know, firing all cylinders for me. But then I was like, oh, oh, oh what is this song? You know? <laughs> and so then I like went back and started listening to the whole series again or soundtrack again up to that point. Then I'm like starting to like look it up on Wikipedia and see like what the story is exactly and what's going on. Like, and so then it just kind of became more and more of an obsession from there. And so I was listening to it all the time and I'm like trying to like get Keenan in on it and i'm like hey this is really good you should listen to it hey and i was like trying to explain i was like it's like rap and it's about the revolution and hamilton's life and you know when you explain it it is like we just explain it with words people are like what (laughs) you know i mean now it's so you know it's it's very popular and people like understand more but i think in the beginning you're like trying to explain it you're like this is what it is and you're like uh okay but it was when i played um one it? last time. One last time, yes. One last time. Relax, have a drink with me. One last time. Let's take a break tonight. And then we'll teach them how to say goodbye. To say goodbye. You and I. And it was a George Washington song. Oh, it was because when um, Obama was leaving us. And so I was like, this song reminds me of Obama. And so I played it for him and he like, I don't know how he felt about the whole parallel with Obama or not, but the song itself, he was like, oh, you know, and then I think something clicked. Yeah, something clicked for him there. And yeah, admittedly, the first time I heard it and she pitched it as like, it's like a rap Broadway musical that's about history. I'm like, okay. And she played, um, I think it was my shot. Yeah, it was my shot. And I was like, this is like bad Christian rap. That's what I I compared it to because I was used to listening to, you know, just mainstream rap and... Or Broadway musicals. Yeah. Or Broadway musicals. Yeah, nothing in between. (laughs) And I don't know. There was something about my shot that just... uh, 
It starts off with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I love him, but his voice isn't the best. It's a little nasally. And I was kind of like, this doesn't really do it for me. Um, so ironically, uh, one last time intrigued me. And I think part of it is I, I could connect it with a moment in history. Whereas my shot, it was like, what's happening? Like, what's he talking about? So I decided to listen to it on my own. I was driving home from somewhere and I was in my car. So I, I put on the YouTube playlist for Hamilton and started with one last time. And I was like, yeah, this is great. The next very next song was Satisfied. <laughs> hooked and so for me it's funny that she pitched oh. it to me as hey it's this hip-hop musical but in reality it was more of the r&b songs that kind of won me over and now as we'll get into in the, this episode and the one that we're going to do on our show um the intricacies of the rap is super appealing and part of the reason one of the main reasons i love the show right mm -hmm. there are so many levels to this and yes we will get that more on your show by the way this is a crossover episode we're going to do mostly a spoiler free episode just kind of get you prepped for watching this when it debuts on disney plus right. coming up here on july 3rd but uh we are also going to go over on part of our world's podcast on their show and then we're going to really get into more of the spoilery aspects really break it down more get more in depth in these songs and there is tremendous depth so many times that we've listened to these songs hundreds of times and we were still picking things out of them that are interesting if you know like star wars if you think about the way john williams develops a score for star wars and how the music you know there's there's theme songs for right. different characters and sometimes they blend into each other and there's even aspects of certain themes the same thing is kind of true of Hamilton I think you'd agree Michelle right definitely would you know and I think how um, you know we were talking about certain songs would connect with you and everything and, and I know that we've had some of those experiences in real life too and so you know totally get that these songs can really become a part where you're you find yourself thinking of them I sometimes like if I've listened to the soundtrack for several days in a row I wake up from asleep and I'm singing Hamilton songs in my head and it's like oh my god it's penetrated my brain <laughs> it <really does. laughs> but it'll do that in a good way <laughs> you know the other interesting about, thing about it and, and you just touched on this a little bit you guys the fact that you know everybody thinks of Hamilton as being if you don't know it really well you think of it as rap you think of right. it as hip hop but there are so many musical genres within it as right. you talked about Keenan there's a little more soul there's actual traditional Broadway there's a little bubblegum like English, you know, revolution 60s right. music involved with it. They're just, it, it really runs the gamut. And I think it it really uh, approaches different people in, in different ways. I don't know if you guys would agree, Keenan and Rachel. Yes. So one thing is that I have moved to a place where I now teach Hamilton as a unit in school because I liken it to modern day Shakespeare. Um, and that's one of the, the, the feedback that I immediately get from kids is I thought it was just X and it turns out it's XYZ, you know, and they they find themselves 
attaching their interest to certain genres. And it's really funny because you have kids that right off the bat want nothing to do with it. Five songs in, they're like, this is great, you know, or kids that are pulled into it right away. And then something like Helpless comes along, which is more of like a doo-wop. And they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know it's not for me. So, But there's something for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And we discovered it we actually we had heard about it and we like, oh, was that kind of interesting and then we we saw that it just kind of took fire and then we found out he was coming to town in san diego and right. we have a subscription to the touring companies that come through san right. diego for their broadway shows and i'm like okay well we have a subscription well, this is coming this is exciting we're gonna have tickets for it we should actually delve into this and right. so i think i was actually going to get michelle or, or michelle was already in florida visiting her mother i was flying out days later i had downloaded the whole soundtrack and i'm listening to it on the plane and i'm just sitting there going this is so good. <laughs> yeah. I'm digging this. And then I turned Michelle on to it. Right. You know? Well, I think we also uh, initially saw it on the Tony Awards. Right. And That's true. We, we're like, wow, this is different than what, you know, you just heard. Right. Oh, there's something about Hamilton that's a hip hop rap kind of uh, musical. And then seeing, you know, some of the actual performers doing it in full costume on stage. It's like, wow, this is so different and so amazing that it really captured, I think, our interest. Yeah, I mean, I, I even heard as I was doing some research for this episode, David Diggs, who plays uh, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. within the show, he was talking about how when they first approached him, you know, he and Lynn were good friends for a long time. They first approached him about doing this and they're like, yeah, it's this musical about Alexander Hamilton and hip hop. And he was like, okay, you know, he didn't get it, you know, <laughs> right. and it's like, yeah. and he said, you know, the, the sales pitch is not great on this show. You kind of have to experience it and yeah, figure right. it out before you find out. I think obviously you guys uh, felt the same thing, right, Keenan and Rachel? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up um, the Tony Awards, though, Michelle, because, you know, I feel like if, if you have not seen Hamilton and there's one, you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, what can I do to, like, see if I like it or not? That would be my one recommendation is, you know, get on YouTube, watch the performance of Yorktown at Tony Awards and... Just see for yourself because it, it just captures the essence of the musical. Exactly. Yeah. In yeah. a single performance. Oh, see, we already got a tip from part of our there World Park. I asked, yay. Keenan <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel always right, have the best tips. one for later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it really is true. And it really does show off a lot of the aspects of this show that are so great. Yes, the music's great. Um, you know, the characters involved are intriguing and interesting but even like the lighting the choreography the stage as simple as it is is amazing it it really does showcase everything if you just want to get a small glimpse of it before we get into disney's plus version of it which i'm excited to see what they actually do with this because a lot of it is going to be some footage we've already seen but i think they're going to expand on that a little right well even like in the set how they used movement of furniture to tell the story or to evoke the feeling of the story. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're talking about either things turning upside down or hurricane and and Mm -hmm. actually how they're bringing furniture onto the stage or taking it off or repositioning it all supports that emotion that they're trying to display at that moment. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. And then they have the turntable, which is on stage, which provides a a feeling of movement and, you know, brings people in and out of uh, the center stage of different scenes. It's, it's really an interesting development and just a a, a clever piece of, you know, of of stagemanship there that, uh, that really drives the story in many ways. Right. 
Yeah. The uh, stage design is top notch and pretty innovative. And I don't know about you guys, but when we saw this live and we've seen it twice, we were fairly far away both times. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing just a lot of the action that takes place on stage and the stagecraft up close and personal. Yeah, we've been blessed enough to see it. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) We've been blessed enough to see it from different angles. We've seen it from far away to the side. We've seen it from far away to the center. But we also like when we got these tickets when we were at Orlando um, that were like, they were elevated, but they were like literally on the left side of the stage, like right next. Um, we can almost overlook the stage. So part of the stage, unfortunately, was cut off to us. But there was really an interesting viewpoint since we had seen the show several times right. to kind of see a different look at all the choreography. Yeah, I think we could have waved to the performers and they would have seen us. <laughs> True. It was just it was <laughs> it's kind of at an angle that, like you said, it was closer to the stage just off to the side quite a bit but true i mean as your guys were pointing out this was and and lynn said this herself you will now have the best seat in the house not only for the show but for the original cast which you know you say hey there's so many people that brag about hey i got to see the original cast well now you could be one of those people as well (laughs) yeah not on broadway but still just the same which yeah i'm really excited about that because the cast that we saw it's like they they were really good you know, we saw, so we saw two different casts and there was things we liked and things we didn't like or had to adjust to from because like when you're so familiar with the Broadway soundtrack, because, you know, we've listened to it like a hundred billion times. But, you know, it's so like, wait, this isn't what Burr is like. Right. So, and like and you need to, you know, when you do go see the musical live, you kind of have to go in like not comparing and. But it's just hard when it's it, it, what you're right. Used to. Yeah, so. no, you're totally right. And I read somewhere um, that if you are going to go out to see the play, the best thing to do is not listen to the soundtrack for about a month beforehand, so you don't have that keen sense of comparison in your head at yeah. the time you're seeing the play. I feel like it's so ingrained in my head that I don't know if that would help. But but on Disney <laughs> Plus, month, it's not going to be a month. Isn't issue. long enough. Yeah. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing. It does get ingrained in your head. I I suggest that for somebody who's interested in watching this that it's it, it is good to listen to a little bit of the soundtrack just so you can kind of get used to the metering going mm-hmm. in because it's hard to follow your first time if you're just going in there raw it's gonna be tough to keep track of all these words i, I think i read somewhere that there's like 23 over almost twenty four thousand words uh within this musical and that was part of lynn's idea why it had to be hip-hop is they wanted to get so much information in that the only way to really yeah. do it was to do that kind of metering right. that rap and hip hop provide. So that's why if if you're not you know ready to go, and at least I guess with Disney Plus you can back up if you miss right. something, but <laughs> it can fly past you pretty quickly and you can miss some points. Yeah. Thankfully, we'll have a visual, which makes a huge difference. Because when you're just listening to the audio, especially before you've seen the show, you're trying to fill in pieces of the puzzle and kind of imagine what's happening on stage. And I admittedly like misinterpreted the events that when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's what they were doing or that's what that's supposed to look like. So I think having the cues that we get from the actors and from the stage, you're right. It is still going to be tough to follow if you haven't heard it or aren't familiar with it. But you can probably fill in some of the blanks by just watching, which, again, is like kind of how Shakespeare is. You might not understand every single word of the language, but you can see the way they're interacting with each other. And that was another difference I think we saw from seeing it live versus listening to the recording of the the cast album Mm -hmm. was, you know, the acting that they actually provide. I mean, yes, there is a little acting provided within the cast recording, but it's totally different when you see fully body movements, facial expressions, the stage Mm -hmm. as a whole out there to 
take it all in. It's just a different experience, right, Michelle. Right. Much. So as we mentioned, this is going to be the original cast, which is exciting. So let's just run through the original cast right here so you can know who they are and what the key characters that they play. Okay. So Alexander Hamilton, of course, is played by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. And there's a million things I haven't done. But just you wait. Just you uh, my man crush, <laughs> my man crush, and I, I invited him to be on the show. Our man crush, right? right. Yeah, keep still, hoping. Still waiting to hear back from him. Though. Maybe he'll come keep hoping. I keep putting things out there in the ether, hoping he's going to come back and sh- actually show up on the show. But no luck so far. Maybe someday. Um, also uh, playing Aaron Burr is Leslie Odom Jr., who is just amazing as Burr. I mean, he yeah, has such so an amazing singing voice. Has a great job. Won the Tony for for best mm-hmm. actor because. And he also has the meatiest part. Aaron Burr is the meatiest part of this mm-hmm. uh, musical. Mm-hmm. I think you guys might agree, Keenan and Rachel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. is my, I can't say man crush. <laughs> <laughs> Your musical crush? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, because he just, he does it. Inimitable. Yeah, he's inimitable. Yeah. He's just so good in this role, and I feel like none can compare to him. But Burr is such a complex character. It's like you sympathize with him, but you kind of, kind of, you're kind of like, ugh, this guy at the same time, you know? But yeah, there's so many layers to him. And I know we're going to talk about it later, but the way he contrasts with Hamilton, it's just, ah, they're just, it's so rich, his character, and just the way it all plays off one another. Yeah, and I know this is a spoiler free episode, but as we have learned from history, (laughs) Aaron Burr is like the villain in the right, story. Right, so right. when you said, Rachel, that you have sympathy for him, like that really matters. Like he's such a complex, deep character. And I am convinced after seeing off-Broadway traveling performances that no one will compare to Leslie Odom Jr. Like he is the Aaron Burr. Right, right. exactly. I, I, I agree. He is he is the best Aaron Burr. And we'll get into another character here or actor who played the character that I think so far is the best one in that role we've seen. But uh, getting back to Burr, um, I think we can go ahead and give away the spoiler that, yes, he is the villain because right. they give it away in the first three minutes of the show that he's the one who right. shot him. It's also been given away in Got Milk commercials from <laughs> years ago. So uh, you kind of know going in that Aaron Burr is going to end up being the villain when it's all said and done at the end of this thing. It's just how do you get to that point, which is which is really, really interesting. Right. Uh, going through the rest of the cast, uh, Eliza Hamilton, uh, who is also one of the Schuyler sisters, mm-hmm. played by Felipe Sue. I'm going to go by Pippa from now on because she likes to go by Pippa and it's easier for me to say. Uh, <laughs> Angelica, another Schuyler sister, played by Renee Elise Goldsberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just amazing in, in that role. And yes. when you get too satisfied, uh, so good that song oh, is yeah. so good <laughs> and uh peggy and who also plays there, there are a couple of cast members who play dual right. roles in this uh and peggy and uh, mariah reynolds is plays by uh, jasmine cephas jones and she has an amazing singing voice and does a great job as well and those are the skyler right. sisters i've been reading common sense by thomas Paine. so men say that i'm intense around insane you want a revolution i want a revelation so listen to my declaration we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and when i thomas jefferson oh. i'ma compel him to include women in the sequel work Michelle, I know you love the Schuyler sisters. I do love the Schuyler sisters. Every time they are on stage, I I just feel so drawn to what's going on with them. And like you talked about, 
the the actress that performs two different roles and yet in the play you don't get distracted by that it's not like oh i remember seeing her do something else no she she really is able to distinguish herself in each of those roles mm-hmm. yeah so good and she is she is really really talented it has an amazing singing voice and i mean actually she's actually kind of underused in this film mm-hmm. or film i guess right. it will be a film in this show but i do think when she comes on she packs a wall up on, sure. on stage Moving on through this, uh, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, again, playing dual roles, is played by uh, David Diggs, and it's just, it's another meaty performance. He wins a, a Tony Award as a, essentially best featured actor, best supporting actor for that. Uh, John Lord. He's one I, oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead, go I ahead. Was yeah. going to say, he's, he's one that's hard to live up to as well, I think, because he just has such a unique voice and presence about him. It's like, I think we've seen the ones that we saw live were fine. But yeah, I feel like we're going to get the best of the best when we see this on Disney Plus. Right. Right. I'm really excited to see him. I mean, just the way he can rap and everything. It's just like, how can he get his lips to move like that? Right. (laughs) I know that sounds really ridiculous, but I mean, he is just able to, you know, evoke so much in such a little bit of time. Yeah. There's some of this triple timing rap that he has to do that. Like, it's amazing that he can get through these portions. It's just, it's stunning that he can rip these things off. These are so many words in such a short time. Uh, You'll be amazed by it when you see it. Right. And and, um, what did they call the on Broadway where they each... Each night they would do a drawing and they'd have the some of the cast members come out and do little things within the lottery, the lottery system yeah. out there. And so I remember Are you seeing about the ham for hams, the ham for hams performances. Yes, that's what it was. I was like, what was that? Yeah. And so um, I remember one of them was having people just out there uh, outdoors trying to mimic. Uh, yeah. Lafayette's little rendition there. I want to hear it. Okay, now we got to hear it. Come on. No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I understand. I can't do it either. Right? So he knows what to do in the trench. Ingenuity. I'm fluent in French. I mean, so you're going to have to use them eventually. What's he going to do in the bench? I mean, no one has more resilience or matches my practical, tactical brilliance. You want to fight for your land back? I need my right hand man back. Fun, fun fact about the Heart of the World crew is that we have done Hamilton singing alongs, I guess, where we get together with a couple friends and everybody for each song takes a roll and then sings along with the soundtrack. It's super nerdy, but a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, and very nerdy. I'd love to do that for like a Zoom thing. tries to do Lafayette is like just fumbling at something. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's when you just got a lip sync or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should get together some night and do a Zoom meeting with Hamilton yeah. sing along. I think that'd be a lot of fun sometime. We'll have to work on that. Yeah. Once people have been able to experience right. it on Disney Plus and kind of get to I'll tell you, you, you pick your roles in advance and you spend some time practicing before the, the big night. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would imagine. That's really cool. I love that. Yeah, I, I, great I think we idea. need to put that into into play for sure at some point. Uh, also, John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton, played by Anthony Ramos, who's going to be showing up. At, he's worked with Lynn many times mm-hmm. uh, recently, and he's going to be in the In the Heights movie playing the role that uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda played on stage nice. for that. So that was supposed yes, to come out. I I'm believe so it was, excited for that. Yeah, right? I think it was supposed to come out this summer, but like everything else, it got pushed back as well. So looking, still looking forward to that um, too. Uh, okay, let's see if I get this right. Hercules. Mulligan and James Madison is played by 
Okriate Onandawan. Okriate Onandawan. From now on, if we mention his name, it'll be Oak because that's what he likes to go by and I cannot get Cute. that right. So it's going to be right. Yes. Uh, here's another role that I think well, we have not seen another actor in our time seeing this show portray it as well as this person does on the original cast. And that is Chris Jackson as George Washington. He is George Washington. I know Michelle and I were talking about it before, and he's like, you know, he's one of Lynn's best friends. Um, I'm surprised he didn't ask him to play Burr. And I'm like, but look at him as George Washington. Like, he commands the stage. He is the general. He is the founding father out there when he's on stage. And I I just think he's amazing. I don't know what you guys think from it. I know you haven't seen the original cast mostly, but you've probably seen some of the clips of him playing that role. What What are your thoughts on Chris Jackson as George Washington? Well, we we may or may not have seen a bootleg version. Oh. Of this, so. <laughs> well, we may or may not have as well. So. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with your description there of a commanding presence. And his voice, like I said, you know, One Last Time was the song that won me over. And it's really like the way he t- carries out the end of that song and yeah, unparalleled George Washington. I agree. Also, the singing voice of Moana's father. That's true. Oh. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Actually, a lot of the, the cast of uh, Hamilton, because when they were writing Moana, Lynn was still in the cast of Hamilton. Oh, so yeah. a lot of this was done at the same time. So he would bring the, the cast in to kind of help him with some background. Uh, they did some demos of some of the songs that were in Moana. A, a lot of them kind of took part within that show. And even in the credits, it thanks right. the cast of Hamilton within Moana. Oh, I never saw that in the credits. Yeah. But I love it. Disney tie-in. Yeah. Uh, finally, King George is played by Jonathan Groff. You'll be back, time will tell. you remember that I served you well. Oceans rise, empires fall. We have seen each other through it all. And when push comes to shove, I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. Another uh, Disney tie-in here. Yes, that's Kristoff from Hashtag Real Men Love Frozen. Um, yes, Keenan's wearing the shirt. It's so beautiful. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. For those of you who have not seen Hamilton or know nothing about Hamilton, it's, it's one, it's a little odd that King George appears in this because there really is no point. He shouldn't be there. Right. Lynn will even tell you. He shouldn't be there. But somehow it just works within this show. And every time King George is on stage, he steals the show. It is right. the funniest portions you're going to see on the show. Michelle, I know you agree with that. Right. I remember the first time we actually saw the live performance and he came out and I couldn't help but laugh. And I thought, oh, I don't remember laughing when I was hearing just the soundtrack, but he's hysterically funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you yeah. all, did you all feel that? Yeah, I think it's just his little, like, it's just the little mannerisms or just the, I don't know if it's like the, a dry sense of humor, but just like, I don't know. Yeah, there's the there's the like sarcasm in the song. It's the tone of the song, his mannerisms, facial expressions, the and, shoulder and, shrug. Yeah, and we've seen it where he's doing other stuff on stage in other songs, not even his songs. He'll come out and kind of do stuff, yes. and it's just 
It's comic relief. Right. It really is. And, you know, he's only on the stage for something like 13 minutes total, something like that. And yet he won. He got a Tony nomination for it. As a matter of fact, the actor, and I, I'm sorry, his name escapes me right now, that played that role at, in uh, London actually got the Olivier Award, which, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it is, you know, a right. British monarch. Right. So, okay. <laughs> but still, you know, that shows you how important this role is, how, how impactful this role is, even though he's only on stage for 13 minutes. Michelle. Right, exactly. And just kind of reflecting on what you were saying before, too, and, and we might be hopefully touching on the theme songs and the sound of the music associated with him, which has that kind of like Baroque music is mm-hmm. just so interesting how they kind of tie that all in with this character. Right. It's kind of broke, but it's also kind of uh, very bubblegum, like I said, British invasion pop. Right. Yeah. It's thing, just kind of the, the type of instruments. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool mix. And yeah. I, we'll get a lot more in, into part of our world's episode on the music, but really good stuff. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the theming of this show now. Now, we talked a little bit already about Hamilton and Burr and how they contrast each other so much. It just really is a fascinating to dive into them. Hamilton, what you're going to find out in the show, is the person who goes after what he wants. He nearly died in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. had to write himself out. You're going to hear all this backstory in the very first song, by the way, of how he he got to the U.S. It's all laid out there for you. Uh, but he goes and gets what he wants. Burr, meanwhile, he's, you know, I'm just going to wait and see what happens and just go which way the wind blows, you know, mm-hmm. and find out what's best for me. And it really is a contrasting style that comes up so many times within this show. I think you'd agree, Kenan and Rachel. Yes. And I, I imagine this will be one of the heavier topics for part two. But yeah, the contrast between... Hamilton and Burr, and I think it again so deep you could really dig into it. I do a whole like right. I teach it. It's, it's like a central part of the unit. Um, yeah, I feel like you could write a, a whole essay on. Yeah, you could probably write your dissertation on it. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, but well, I like how Rachel. I mean, talked I mean, about it, layers. sorry, I was saying I liked I heard, that before that how you talked about the layers in Burr. Yes, I love Burr. I love his character. I think in real life, like the real historical Burr was kind of like a thumbs down dude, right. but <laughs> you really just have I don't know a love and sympathy for his character. But it is so I think it's because like I can kind of identify. I'm more of like a Burr type personality, at least in the show. Where it's like I do, you know, I I am more conflict avoidant. I kind of want to roll with things and see how they play out and survey the scene. Where it's like Hamilton is like just not throwing away a shot, impulsive, and isn't afraid to offend anybody. But it's like it comes down to a moment in their life, and it's just like mm-hmm. how I don't know important each moment is for them and for us. And yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda's on record as saying something along the lines of when he was researching for this, he noticed how much of parallel lives they lived, and yet because of who they are, they made kind of opposite decisions in this most pivotal moment, and that's the climax of the musical. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, which we will delve right. into on your show for sure. But I right. think, you know, w- one thing. Let, just begin with. I think the best villains are ones you can sort of relate to in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ones that are just totally off the rails, maniacal, crazy, or whatever. A lot of times they just seem one-dimensional, and you, they just don't strike a chord with you. But people that you can like, okay, I can see his point of view a right. little bit. Those kind of people, those kind of villains, are the ones that I embrace the most. Michelle, I don't yeah. know if you agree. No, I totally agree. And it's interesting looking at the two of them because at different times in the play, they each want what the other one has. It's just they still can't 
come to grips of how to approach life in the mm-hmm. same way. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll go through as you're watching the show. You'll see it a lot. They run into each other a lot. Some of this was kind of a, you know, it was changed historically for drama purposes right. by Lynn. But the end is the, the mm-hmm. fact that they were within each other's lives quite a bit. And so they kept running into these issues. And it, it is what ended up being the finale of this show. And the right. finale, as we've already talked about a little bit. Um, as far as the music, we already talked a little bit about that. It is the metering you're going to find out that's going to be interesting for you may be a little tough for you to take in at first, of course. I find it interesting, Keenan, and I, I, it's funny because I think one of the first times we talked about Hamilton, I mentioned how I, I kind of believed it was very much like the modern day Shakespeare. You have taught him as Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can kind of address this better as, as how Lynn and this musical specifically is similar to Shakespeare. Yeah, I mean, from a teaching standpoint, I straight up replaced the Shakespeare unit with Hamilton. Um, and it's because, you know, when you, let's say you're, you're trying to teach about, you said metering, you know, Shakespeare, it's all about iambic pentameter, but you're also teaching rhyme schemes and assonance and alliteration and all these different poetic devices, not to mention imagery, metaphors, similes, all that stuff. And part of what Lin-Manuel Miranda did that's so brilliant is he weaves this like tapestry of all these different characters and these stories and does it in a very poetic way that... Yeah, it's hip hop, but it is what I have my students do a lot of times is just read the lyrics before we listen to a song and look at it as if you're reading poetry. And you'll see that it it is very much just this, again, layered, complex poetry. And you start to pick up all these little, oh, this connects to that. And, oh, you know, foreshadowing and all sorts of stuff where it's just you really can as far as an English teacher goes, I don't want to get too nerdy or boring with what an English teacher teaches, but I could teach pretty much an entire year's worth of literary devices just using Hamilton. Wow. Do you find it a challenge? I don't know if that answers your question. Sorry. No, that's, that's actually perfect. That's great. <laughs> Do you find it a challenge where you are teaching this without the visual of the actual play? Or is it easier than to get into the content because you don't have that other distraction? good question a little bit of both because you can focus more on like literary analysis and close reading and all the boring stuff english teachers make you do uh, when you're looking at, at words on paper but i also show you know i show the tony awards clips i show lin-manuel miranda when he first presented alexander hamilton to barack obama at the it was like some presidential dinner or whatever and it's before he had anything else really written he had one song so I'll show them that. I'll show them when they when the whole cast performed for the president, other interviews and things like that. Lots of pictures. So they can put visuals with the lyrics, but we're never watching it while we're listening to it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. So, Very I, cool. so I kinda so I kinda get to do both. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing that if you haven't seen or listened to the soundtrack at all, I mean, the whole story is basically there's very few just regularly spoken dialogue within this. It's all Mm -hmm. within song, within hip hop, rap, soul, Broadway tunes. The whole thing is is basically musical. So even different than many musicals in the fact that usually there's some sort of dialogue that's not sung. Right. But that is not going to be the case when you're watching Hamilton. So you kind of have to prepare for that when you uh, get ready to go into this. I want to talk a little bit about George Washington. You know, yes, he's the founding father, but he is also Hamilton's kind of surrogate father right. within this. You know, Hamilton lost his father, or his father left him, I should say, very mm-hmm. early on in life. George Washington kind of steps in and, you know, 
tells Hamilton every once in a while, like, hey, slow down a little bit here. You're going a little crazy. You got to mellow out. Let me tell you what I wish I'd known when I was young and dreamed of glory. You have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Which is one of the key themes that goes throughout this entire mm-hmm. musical. And also, remember, history has its eyes on you. Another right. key portion. And that comes from Washington, mostly talking to Hamilton. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can tell that it, you know, Washington is, is always driving a lesson. And the interaction is also very much like a father-son because Hamilton isn't always on board with what Washington is trying to tell him to do or his decisions. He's trying to prove himself and he doesn't necessarily always see eye to eye, which again, kind of goes with that father-son relationship. Yeah. And we'll get more into that too as well on their show when we mm-hmm. get really in depth into it. But it really is something to keep an eye on as you're, as you're watching the show that not only is Washington the quote unquote father of our country, but mm-hmm. he was very much Hamilton's father in this play. And it's really, really interesting. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, you know, yes, a lot of these characters are the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they all have flaws and they all come out within this show. I think we're we're seeing a lot of that play out right, right. now during these times. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it was interesting, uh, a quote that was in Hamilton's America from David Diggs that I want to play really quickly talking about Thomas Jefferson. You don't have to separate these things with Jefferson. He can have written this incredible document and several incredible documents that we all sort of with with things that we all believe in. And he sucks. Um, you know, I think Those are both true, and those have to be both true. I think we really have to stop separating them because that's where you get into trouble. That's when you stop letting people be whole people. So, you know, just an interesting point because that's one of the characters he plays, and he had to wrap around the fact that Jefferson is a slave owner, and that comes into play within this musical as well, that he's not a perfect person. Yes, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. He's done all these amazing things, but he was also, you know, a terrible, terrible slave owner. He treated people miserably. And this this goes for all the characters. I don't know what what you guys think about... uh, you know, the interesting depth that they provided for some of the, and I'm sure we'll get more into that in your episode too, but just kind of to touch on it for people who are about to watch it, Keenan and Rachel, uh, what you thought about the death of all these characters and showing that they're not perfect. It's, it's definitely intentional that Lin-Manuel Miranda cast, aside from King George, an entire cast of people of color and that there's rich political statements being made in the play that are relevant today. And this is something I love about it, right? It's about the late 1700s, And yet it's relevant today because of the way he chose to tell the story, the things that he chose to focus on. And yeah, you're fighting for independence and all these other things, but like people are still fighting for a different kind of independence today. But at the same time, by giving these characters these kind of inherent flaws or historically they have these inherent flaws, it makes you kind of just not fully sell out to their ideals. So I don't know. There's just, it's hard to explain without going too much into it, but there's modern issues being raised by the characters who existed historically in the past and taking some liberties in how they're portrayed as well. Right. It's true. There were were some dramatic liberties taken in this, but I mean, most of these things that they're talking about with these characters are true. Jefferson, you know, was a slave owner. We all Mm -hmm. know that, but he also did these amazing things to build this country, you know? So it's, it's, it's just a weird position to, you know, what do you think about him? Um, I'm sure we'll delve more into deep in this, but just know that as much as this is a story celebrating Alexander Hamilton and these people, 
this movie, this play mm -hmm. shows that he's not a perfect person and none of this cast is perfect. And that right. includes, you know, I was just talking about George Washington as the founding father. Uh, it shows that he's not perfect as well. Uh, moving on, I, I just want to talk about one other thing as far as the cast in, involved, and that is the ensemble itself. Now, as you're getting prepared to watch this thing, just know that the cast, yes, they, they, they go out there, they do wonderful job dancing, they do a set of props, but they also act many times as the conscience within this play. I mean, a lot of things that they're shouting out or singing out from kind of in the background is acting as these characters' conscience or what they are wishing their conscience because they don't listen to them <laughs> often. So, but it's just an interesting mm -hmm. thing involved in the songs. I don't know what, if you, what you kind of think about the ensemble and the way they're portrayed within the soundtrack and within the play itself, Keenan and Rachel. Yeah, I love that. I love that you, I mean, I think I knew that they acted as the conscience, but like describing it that way, it's like, kind of gave me chills for a minute because it's like that is true they are it's such a rich ensemble and, and they're so talented too but yeah i think they add so much to the story which you can hear when you listen to the soundtrack but just like seeing the way they interact with the main characters and how they do like michelle was talking about with the props and just adds that full picture and so much depth to what is going on right it's like very subtle, like right. like your conscience is subtle. Right. And so how some of that comes through in their behind the scenes kind of acting or songs and, and things, it's it's just a subtle layer to it. Yeah. Again, there's, and we'll talk much more about this coming up. I'm, I'm more feeding into what's coming up. But I also want to tell people, like, yeah. look, when you watch this, you're going to take it in a first time. But when you watch, when you listen, the more you listen, the more you're going to watch this. You're going to take in different things. You're going to see so right. much more in this. And that's why I'm also trying to sell part of our world show when we go on with them is because we there is so much more depth to this that we can get into eventually that you're going to find on further viewings, on further listenings to the cast soundtrack right, of the show. Right, right. No, I, I totally agree with that. And again, just if you listen to the music, the soundtrack, watch the performance, it's an amazing experience experience that you live through with that. And so even if you do that, you're going to have a great time with this performance mm -hmm. would be my, what I would sum it up like. There is one other cast member that's kind of part of the ensemble that I want to point out to you. And that is the person that plays what's called the bullet. Okay. There is one character that you're going to find in, with this that is continuously going to arrive in certain situations. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting character. And this is something that I want to tease again for part of our world podcast because mm -hmm. we're going to delve deeply, I'm sure in part anyway, into the reoccurrence of this character within the show because it's a fascinating thing when you once you figure out who this person is as a part of a cast and where they keep showing up. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and again, it just adds to the fact that Lynn thought of so many details. Well, not just Lynn, but his whole, uh, the whole group that Kale, right, Eddie Blank and came Bueller, up with. The entire group that they was, a, it was a Alex Lacamoire, right. the entire group that put this thing together. You know, that, that they had, really thought of a lot of details. Yeah. But that you know, is just really cool stuff. I don't want to get too much more into the play because we're starting to broach into the spoilery subjects, you know, because <laughs> it's tough to do because we just love this show so much that that's what we want to do. Right. We could sit here for hours and just break this thing down. And we're going to do at least a portion of that coming up here on part of our world podcast. Right. But I'd really yeah, be interested. We'll have to keep it from being a three hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it. We'll keep it normal length, but it's really hard not to just go right. off the deep end into right. talking like, about And what about stuff. this? Yeah. I had another thing to say about the, the conscious thing. I was like, oh, 
well, but that's it might be a little too deep for. Kind of makes me want to watch it with somebody who's never seen it before. And I know your tip from a couple weeks ago, Tom, to listeners is to listen to it before you watch it. But I would love to sit and watch it with someone who's never seen it before, and then you know a song like Burn comes on, and I'm just like, what do you think? What do you think? Right, right, yeah. It's funny because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, could you do that as a Zoom meeting, you know, and, and you know, kind of do a watch party with somebody else who hasn't seen it yet? I mm-hmm. think it's going to be easier to do it with Disney Plus than it is as a stage performance. One, it's tough to get really good tickets, you know, where you can really see everything going on, right. as we all know. And also, you know, when you're there and you're paying a lot of money for this thing and it can go by really quickly when you haven't studied into it, you don't really know what's going on. You could kind of feel a little lost at times. You can feel like you're drowning within all these words that are being spat out at you at times. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're watching it on Disney Plus, it's going to be presented right there in front of you. And if you miss something, you could back it up, you know, or right. you can rewatch it or whatever. So I think it's going to be a lot easier for people and they don't feel like they're scuffling. Because I've have heard some people that most people love it. I, right. I, I'd say 95% of the people that go see the show that I've heard, they love it. But mm-hmm. I have heard some people say, I, I just couldn't keep up i i just couldn't understand what was going right. on half the time and they got lost in it you know and so uh, yeah, hopefully i was sitting next to i'm sorry no, i was sitting next to a person at our first performance and uh king george came on for the first time and so something you won't have to deal with when watching it on disney plus are people talking uh, through the performance uh, or uh, if they do you can like why is he get, doing that he was like i don't get it why is this funny blah 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 and i was like I'm going to strangle you right now. <laughs> right? I'm trying to, it's like I'm seeing this for the first time. And and his wife's like trying to explain it to him. Like, oh my gosh. So if you need time to like pause and reflect and ask your person questions, it's okay to do that. <laughs> in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, in the comfort of your home. And not the girl next to you won't want to punch you in the head. Right? <laughs> It's actually one of my pet peeves that's going on right now. And it's like virtually every time we go see a musical or play or go see even the movie. Even the movie. Right. And just people just thinking they're on their own couch in the living room talking to the person next to them, you know, asking questions. It's like, no, ask the questions afterwards. Right. Watch the movie. You're you're messing it up for the rest of us. Okay. No, don't get me started. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, considering this is, you know, hopefully an episode that's going to help people who haven't been exposed to Hamilton or who haven't seen it, maybe have heard the soundtrack. Love to hear from you, Rachel and Keenan, on what would be some of the things that you think would be helpful either to know or to watch for to have somebody have that first experience be its best? I was thinking, and I am kind of a person where it's like when it is all coming at me, I cannot process. And even I maybe recommend this for all musicals, but this one, since it is very fast paced, kind of looking up the story ahead of time, like just like looking up the synopsis, maybe if you don't want to see spoilers, but at least look up like the plot or... could read Ron Chernow's biography. Oh, take a little while. <laughs> so this it's is like more, con- you know, thick. I'm more yeah. of like a spark notes. Uh, what's the word? Cliff's, yeah, notes. Cliff's notes. Spark notes was like my day and age. I like the Wikipedia condensed version, <laughs> right? Myself, just to see like what's going on here. So that that's helpful for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Keenan? Yeah. So Tom's advice, you could listen to it. That certainly would be one route. Some people I can imagine maybe don't want to know the full story. And you do, if you listen to the soundtrack, you do get the entire play. There's one song missing from the original Broadway recording. And like you said, Tom, there's no dialogue in between. But it's not like Les Mis where they're singing dialogue throughout the whole thing, which I can't stand actually. So sorry if I just offended some <laughs> Les Mis fans like my me. wife. Um, <laughs> 
So I don't know. So maybe if you're in that boat, again, the teacher and me coming out, what you could do is just familiarize yourself with the characters. So starting with this episode, I think if you're listening and you're intrigued, but you have a no exposure to Hamilton, you're, you're in a great place. Um, you could take a step further by maybe putting a visual to the characters, seeing what Hercules Mulligan looks like, seeing what George Washington looks like. So when they're coming out on the stage, you're not like, wait, who is that? And, and what's that guy doing? You kind of have a face to a name sort of thing. Yeah, cool. That's a good yeah. point. I think they also do a good job with the costuming so you know right off the bat who are the main characters. The ensemble is pretty much dressed right. and kind of off-white and so you'll, you'll know them and then the main characters come out and they are distinctive within their colors. Uh, Hamilton and, and Burr are right. completely different. Jefferson, completely different. You know, and so you kind of have the idea of who they are and that kind of helps as well. Right. I think you'd right. Agree, Michelle. Oh, definitely. You know, even like... Um, the fact that, you know, we talked about themes reoccurring with the characters, even though their costumes may change somewhat, they have similarities that connect them. It's like a, the line thread through them is, is similar. So I think the biggest thing for me confusing the first time was the fact that actors who play characters in Act 1 change their role in Act 2. So that's maybe another thing to kind of pay attention to, to understand, okay, David Diggs, the guy who's playing Lafayette, he's going to look different, but he's also playing Thomas Jefferson in Act 2 and just being ready for that switch. Right. So do you all have like songs that you either associate with yourself or that for some reason you, you just like at a certain point in your life said, this is kind of like my theme song or something in relationship of that song to yourself? Yes. Do you want to go first? Go ahead. So what was it? Four years ago, I was leaving one school and applying for a dream job. I was a middle school teacher. I wanted to teach high school in this award-winning district. And on my way to my interview, I'm listening to my shot. I'm pumping myself up. I'm past patiently waiting. I'm passionately smashing every expectation, every action to act the creation. I'm laughing in the face of casualties and sorrow. For the first time, I'm thinking past tomorrow. And I am not pulling away my shot. I think I listened to it on a repeat, just like going to this job interview and got the job. And so it's like forever solidified as like, I'm not throwing away my shot. And now I've got this awesome teaching job that I love and get cool. to teach Hamilton's. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I like so many of them. Like, so it's hard to say, but I love, I love, love, love Eliza. You said all characters have their flaws, except, and I'm going to add, except Eliza. She is a perfect. Sure. <laughs> she's the heart of the show. But she's the heart of the show. She's, oh, she's so great. Um, but one song that I listened to and that kind of makes me, I don't know, it makes me think of meeting Keenan the first time is helpless and just like those first, <laughs> right? I don't know, those first moments of meeting and she's just you know smitten by him and just talking about, you know, those first before they get married and things like that. So You looked in my eyes and the sky was the limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you look back at me and does have lovely eyes very Very cool that's one and i love the burr songs too wait for it like i said just because personality wise i do identify as more of a burr burr. and so and that song is just so good right right it is it's great yeah that's another one you can look up they did a 
they did a little uh, pre Tony's thing, like it was an ad. You can find this on YouTube, um, where it was actually uh, one of those like the virtual surround videos or whatever. But it has the entire cast there, and just Leslie Odom Jr. and the cast. It's all a cappella singing. Wait for it. If you can find that wow. on YouTube, it's it's spectacular. It's amazing. Um, definitely try and check that out as well. Michelle, what about you? Um, well, you know, it's funny because I had, um, kind of opposite, but same kind of theme as what Keenan was saying. I was actually going through a struggle with something in my life with work. And I actually found solace in that one last time in that, you know, what can I do for myself, first of all, to feel that I've done something that even though it didn't turn out the way I thought, it still had some merit to it. And, you know, really changed my reflection on not being as hard on myself, but to say that, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're human. And as mm-hmm. long as it's not the majority of our time, then it's okay, you know, and you can you can survive past that. That's a good point. So, really yeah. good point. What about you? Well, I wish it was nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nonstop, unfortunately, for myself. But just talking about songs, a nonstop grew to be one of my favorite songs within this. I always thought at one point that Yorktown should have been like the closing number for the first act. But then the more I listened to nonstop, the more I realized it's unbelievable. Right. It is the perfect way to end the first act. But I think it's room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one really knows how the game is played. The art of the trade, how the sausage gets made. We just assume that it happens. But no one else is in the room where it happens. I, I always want to be in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. The room where it happens. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, like you, Rachel, I'm a little bit more burr than I'd like to admit at times. <laughs> and, but uh, that is one thing is like, I want to be in the room where it happens all the time. And I just, another show-stopping number. It's so right. good. So I have another question. I guess Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, Miranda had a tweet, I guess, like, happy birthday, Leslie Little Jr. I gave you all the best songs <laughs> or something. That's oh, true. There's some <laughs> truth to that. Yeah. yeah. You're going to give the best voice the best songs. I right. Mean, it should just make sense. Right. So if you were in your car, short drive, one song from where you're starting to your destination, which one would you play from this play? Oh, my goodness. Do you have one? I'll yeah, Yorktown. Yeah. We gotta go, gotta get the job done, gotta start a new nation, gotta meet my son. Take the bullets out your gun, the bullets out your gun. We move undercover and we move as one. Through the night we have one shot to live another day. We cannot let a straight gunshot give us away. We will fight up close, seize the moment and stay in it. It's either that or meet the business end of the bayonet. The code word is no shampoo. Take me. You have your orders now, go man. it's somehow that has become my favorite song and like you tom i thought for the longest time it it should conclude it's such an epic conclusion to act one but non-stop uh, is is very fitting and then there's a medley and all this stuff that so musically it also fits but but yorktown has kind of taken its place as a i think my favorite my go-to song maybe not favorite my go-to song in hamilton yeah me too actually and again yeah it's funny because when i'm listening to the soundtrack i'm thinking when i hear the that song oh it's the end of act one and it's so funny that we all have that essence when we're hearing that song 
Okay, Rachel, yeah. one song. I'm all over the place. <laughs> if, if I'm, it's like, am I feeling moody? Do I want to belt out right. a song as I'm, you know, driving? Do I feel like crying right now? Because if that's the case, I'll like listen to Burn and just cry. Yeah. Or it's quiet uptown. I oh, really anything from yeah. that too. But, Wrecks me all um, time. <laughs> yeah. The first like couple notes of the piano, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I just immediate tears. Um, but I'll probably have to go with nonstop as well because I love that song. How do you write like tomorrow won't arrive? How do you write like you needed to survive? How do you write every second you're alive? Every second you're alive? Every second you're alive? And it does like it shows that contrast between Burr and Hamilton once again, which I just love. And I think it showcases Burr's voice once again, or Odom's voice, really. But yeah, and you can sing all the different parts. You get a little bit of everybody. And so. Mm-hmm. Right. True. Yeah. Um, switch around. It's fun. I, I love nonstop. I've grown to love it more and more the more I've listened to it. There's so much depth to it. Everybody's theme song mm-hmm. comes into play within it. Uh, like I said, different characters have kind of have their different theme songs and it all comes into play in that. And it, it's a perfect capper to act one. Right. But Yorktown world turned upside down is my song. It's the song that I try and make sure if I'm doing a a run Disney race that I time it out, that I'm hitting a certain point as I'm expecting to cross the finish line. Don't always time out that way, (laughs) but that is my goal. And and a couple of times it's happened and it's the best when you get to that point where it's just going right, right around when Hercules Mulligan shows up and you just go. Phenomenal number. It's a showstopper. It drives the, the crowd just goes crazy. I hope this is the one thing I hope from Disney Plus is that a lot of times when you get these, you know, stage to screen presentations, you don't get the crowd involved into it. And I do believe that the cheering that happens at certain points within this show adds to it like you know the immigrants we get the job done the cheering that goes on during that you know some of those moments it it just it brings it up and the cheering that happens in the middle of yorktown you know is it just hates that song Mm -hmm. even that much more but i love it with i mean we listen to the soundtrack and i love it just the same but being there seeing it live it it just takes it to another level personally for me it's funny you were talking about chills um, over here Right. (laughs) When you're talking about listening to the music during running, when I'm running, uh, just like in preparation for a race, I I actually start with uh, the soundtrack from act two, because I tend to when I'm running, I tend to go faster than I need to. And then I get worn out. She's always trying to figure out what did she miss? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I like going with that because it keep it slows my pace down at at the beginning. So I'm, I'm not you know, all out of energy at the end of the run. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, well, we've taken too much of our time so far already today, but you know, this oh, I have one more. Oh, you song. have one more. Sorry. What's your little kitty's favorite song? Um, for a while he would request da da da, which is uh, any King George song. Right. Yes. <laughs> Remember that when he was like, uh-huh. he's like two. Right, because I got into it right when he was born, and so like he. Grew up in those very right. early years. Brought him up the right way. The dear, dear Theodosia is also very close. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. He My loved that there. one, too. Yeah. So he would, we would sing that to him like before bed and stuff uh-huh. like that. But he, like, getting in the car, he'd be like, um, can you play da da da? And you do your show. Nowadays, shoulder. he's not as into Hamilton these days, I would say. Yeah. But 
We'll get him. We'll get him. Um, she says Free that condition. we just haven't been playing it as much, but I've been listening to it lately and I was um, running some errands with him earlier today and we were going to Home Depot and when we got to the parking lot, I turned off the car and we were listening to, I think it was Alexander Hamilton and he's like, wait, can we finish the song? Aww, <laughs> Very cute. Very cool. <laughs> nice. That's cool. That's awesome. So he's, he's still a fan. Awesome. We just, we just need to re- Acclimate him. Uh-huh. Before we sit him through the, the three hour show. <laughs> I mean, we were actually the same way. I mean, I think that we were listening to it. Like every Saturday I would listen to Hamilton for a, a, the longest time. That like was my Saturday tradition. I would listen to the whole thing. I'd be Michelle would be somewhere else. I'd be in my chair, ugly crying when Quiet Uptown <laughs> comes out, you know. And, yeah, I'd be running. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, and so um it was just kind of this thing. And then, you know, after we weren't seeing shows for a while or whatever, it kind of drifted away. But over the last few weeks, knowing that it's coming back to Disney Plus. Us, knowing we were doing the shows we've been playing it more often just mm-hmm. the other night we have on our dvr hamilton's america which was a pbs special that they played mm-hmm. kind of just exploring the show right. came on it just brought all that more excitement rushing forward yes. again i cannot wait for hamilton to debut on disney plus on july 3rd i'm right. just so so very excited for it so uh guys thanks so much for joining us for this um everybody please Stay tuned. We are going to be also delving more deeply into Hamilton. I know we've touched on some deep subjects already, but there's a lot of layers to this that we didn't even broach. Uh, We can't wait to join you guys, Keenan and Rachel, on Part of Our World podcast and really break it down. Yes, limiting ourselves to... 40 minutes, an hour, whatever is going to be difficult, but we're going to do our best. Uh, Please tell our listeners where they can find your show and how they can follow you on social media. So thank you. Everything under the sun can be found at partofourworld.net. You can get all our shows. My travel agent stuff is on there, but you're not going to interact with us very much there. If you want to, you can find us on Twitter at P-O-O-W podcast. And on Instagram, we are part of our world podcast. And Facebook is also part of our world podcast. Nice. And we'll post all those links in our show notes so that people can find them easily. And so if you haven't subscribed, which you should have already subscribed because they do a great show. But if you haven't subscribed where you can find the next show that we're doing on Hamilton, our crossover episodes. Mm -hmm. Right, Michelle? Exactly. Yes. So, guys, we've taken up way too much of your time, although we could talk with you for hours about Hamilton. (laughs) So we'll just have to wait until your episode and talk some more. Thanks again for joining us here on the Hyper. Thank you so podcast. much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Can't wait for part two. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. So there you have it. Our look at Hamilton, at least the beginning look for I those know. of you just to kind of get you indoctrinated in what Hamilton is. And boy, that was fun with Keenan and Rachel, wasn't it? They're always a blast to talk to. They really are. They're such wonderful people. And as we said, we're so appreciative of them joining us. And hopefully you all have found this to be helpful in preparation, especially if you haven't seen, Mm -hmm. you know, the play before. I can't tell you how excited it's palpable in this household how excited i am for hamilton to be on disney plus on july 3rd uh video clips have been coming out just short little things i I put it out on twitter i watched this little 49 second clip that they put out and i already picked out two things in it at least two things that i did not notice when watching it live so it just makes me wonder how many things are going to blow my mind when we see this thing right like front and center on disney plus right and you know it's great going out to a play it's really fun and exciting great date night um but to know we're going to see this one best seats in the house and also with the original cast so it's not like oh gee are we gonna have a stand-in which we've talked about how that 
you know, was something that we've experienced. So this is so exciting that it's going to be like perfection. Right. Uh, I'm just, I couldn't be more excited about it. So really, uh, yes. couldn't tell. as you can tell, couldn't tell. As you can tell for weeks, <laughs> for months, for years now, I've been very excited about this. And we will let you know when we get to that second part of the, uh, the Hamilton crossover, crossover episodes with part of our world podcast. And as soon as we figure out when that's going to drop, we'll let you know, we'll post all the links everywhere. There'll be links to part of our world podcast in our show notes here so uh, you can check them out for other shows as well but definitely for when we drop the second part of this crossover episode you got it yes so let's get to our disney stories of the week we always have so many disney stories and this week is no different i'm going to start with the fact that we had some really big news this week in disney and that is that they are reimagining one of the most popular attractions both at disneyland but also at the Walt Disney World Resort. I know. This is awesome. It's going to be wonderful. Love the theming. So I'll let you announce it. Yeah. So <laughs> this is straight from the Disney Parks blog, as it usually is. Uh, we are, they, they say, we are thrilled to share a first glimpse of a project Imagineers have been working on since last year. Splash Mountain at both Disneyland Park in California and Magic Kingdom Park in Florida soon will be completely reimagined. The theme is inspired by the all-time favorite animated Disney film, The Princess and the Frog. Such a great film and such a great idea of what to do with that attraction. Definitely. And plus, you know, um, although it's the same attraction, I'm sure uh, for the most part it will be, it it will be a new experience because you get to see a different theming, different storyline. So looking Uh, forward to it. I'm so excited for this. Uh, Here's what they go on to say. They say that they're going to pick up this story um, right after the final kiss and join Tiana and Lewis on a musical adventure featuring some of the powerful music from the film as they prepare for their first ever Mardi Gras performance. So they're even throwing a little Mardi Gras wow. theme into it as well. That's awesome. I could not be more excited. I know. This. I'm almost as excited as Hamilton. Man, not really. But I'm pretty <laughs> excited about this. Yeah, I am too. I, I love the idea and I can just see the vividness that's going to come through on that attraction. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. They go on to say, uh, Tiana is a modern, courageous, and empowered woman who pursues her dreams and never loses sight of what's really important. It's a great story with a strong lead character set against the backdrop of New Orleans and the Louisiana Bayou. If you haven't seen The Princess and the Frog, uh, what are you waiting for? It's a great film right. with amazing music. I was just going to say, the, the music animation is, fabulous. is spectacular. It's just really, really good. The story is just yeah. so touching and so... Boo. Yeah. All I can say, I mean, that, that one's come out in a lot of our yeah. our top five songs or storylines related to that. So. For sure. For sure. So Charita uh, uh, Carter is the senior creative producer leading the project at Walt Disney Imagineering. And she shared, uh, quote, like Princess Tiana, I believe that courage and love are the key ingredients for wonderful adventures. I'm delighted to be part of bringing this fun filled experience to our guests, end quote. The voice of Princess Tiana and Tony Award winning actress Anika Nani Rose, who, by the way, this didn't come up in today's episode, but when I was doing some research on mm-hmm. it, when they were uh, workshop the show uh she actually played i believe it was angelica wow. in the workshop which i didn't know so right. even another disney tie into this sure. anyway uh going back to the story uh anika nani rose shared quote it is really exciting to know that princess tiana's presence in both disneyland and magic kingdom will finally be fully realized as passionate as i am about what we created i know the fans are going to be over the moon the imagineers are giving us 
the Princess and the Frog Mardi Gras celebration we've been waiting for, and I'm here for it. Wow. Quote. I'm yeah. getting teary eyed. I don't yeah, know why. It's great. <laughs> it's exciting. It I love it. I love that theme. Love the story. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, it's going to, I'm really thrilled for this. The artwork, uh, the, co- the, um, the, why can't I think of the name of it? The, um, well, the artwork for what it's going to look like. Like the storyboard. Right. Uh, it looks spectacular. You know, the tree that is where the flume comes down. Right. And it's kind of like this barren tree now. They're going to make it. It looks like it's going to be like a full tree with lightning bugs in nice. it and stuff. It's going to, I'm sure it'll be spectacular at night. I just couldn't be more excited. This right. is going to look great. Well, it'll be a nice addition to at Disneyland too to New Orleans Square, you know, and kind of sharing some of that tie in together. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. Yes. It's exciting. Yeah. That's that's the one thing people questioning on, you know, yes, it kind of ties into New Orleans Square at mm-hmm. Disneyland. They're like, well, does it tie into Frontierland at a Magic Kingdom? I'm like, well, does it really matter? I mean, it's going to be a <laughs> great attraction. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I, it, it, it's going to be awesome. Um, uh, as of right now, they say there's no, uh, they have not announced any time as to mm-hmm. when they're closing officially and when they're reopening yet, but um, they'll I'm sure they'll keep us well informed on what's going on yeah. with that. So uh, moving on, we received some casting details for a new Pirates of the Caribbean film this week. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Looking so, forward to that. Yes. This from Variety.com. Margot Robbie will star in a female-led version of Pirates of the Caribbean for Disney uh, with Birds of Prey writer, who, uh, of course, Margot Robbie right. starred in Birds of Prey as well as Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, writer Christina Hodson on board to write the script. Uh, Disney is in early development of the entitled project that is being developed separately from another Pirates of the Caribbean reboot that was unveiled in October with franchise veteran Ted Elliott and Chernobyl creator Craig Mar- Marzine hired to develop that story. Uh, however, Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced all five Pirates movies, is attached to produce both the Elliott Maisine and the Roby uh, Hodson projects. So, so that's great news. Yeah, so it's going to be under the same person who's led right. all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies so far. Uh, of course, Robbie received an Oscar nomination earlier this year for Bombshell and portrayed Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, she will also reprise her role as Harley Quinn in uh, James Gunn's upcoming Suicide Squad sequel. So she's wow. been out there doing Is some he? great things. And now this Pirates of the Caribbean movie, uh, very excited. Uh, of course, no, very few details about it. We're just getting some casting announcements. Sure. But still, uh, we love the Pirates of the Caribbean right. franchise. Uh, we just kind of love that world that they live in. I think it's going to be exciting to see what they do with this. Definitely. And it's always fun and exciting to hear about upcoming things. And I think right now that's really great. Yeah, uh, me too. So uh, just one more quick story that I want to get to. Unfortunately, Disneyland's reopening has been pushed back a little bit. uh, Undetermined time right now. They are still keeping uh, downtown Disney opening on July 9th, I Mm -hmm. believe is the date. Uh, They said that the problem was that uh, because California's uh, trying to figure out how they're going to uh, get through this phase three opening right. with uh, some of the you know, outbreaks we've had recently, right. yes. uh, that they won't find out about that until after July 4th. And because of that, that's too little time for them to know how to uh, tell cast members right. to inform them on how to you know 
to perform all the functions they need to perform right. up to California health standards. So better, rather than try and rush this thing, they're going to just push it back a little bit. Unfortunately, it won't be open, as right. Michelle predicted, well, on know. the anniversary <laughs> date. But better to be safe than sorry. I'm glad that they're, they're handling these things the best way, as Lee Cockrell told us several right. episodes ago that they would. When Disney says it's right, it's probably the right time. Right, and to make sure everybody is as safe as they can be. So that's, although it's disappointing news, uh, it's for the right reason, for right. a good reason, and we're happy to see that, at, like you said, as Lee said, the Disney company is really working closely with the uh, the officials that can really help guide for a safe and fun opening. Right. And, uh, or reopening. Reopening, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, they just want to make sure everybody's on the same page, mm-hmm. on the right course, and I'm sure when it gets done, it's going to be magnificent, and we're excited for it. So that's it for the Disney Stories of the Week. However, we never leave you without some sort of tip that might help you on that eventual next vacation, whether it be when Disneyland reopens, while Disney World's about to reopen, right. Disney Cruise Line eventually will get back in, going, Run Disney will eventually get mm-hmm. back going, and we want you to be prepared for all of that. So we like to give you a tip every week, and we always start with Michelle one because she is the Eliza to my Alexander Hamilton uh, but also she has the very best tip so let's get right to it here is Michelle's tip of the week you're so sweet uh, so I've talked about the this issue in the past related to traveling with kids especially in the park and the potential of getting separated and actually this is kind of a a, you know a part two of some of the things I've mentioned in the past and it came to mind actually with the issue that people are wearing masks and for kids you know with everybody around them wearing masks, it's hard to really distinguish people. Even your own family sure. might be harder to distinguish, you know? And so having some things that can help them or help others help your children if you do get lost from, you know, if they get separated from the group. So, you know, one of the things is, again, since masks are in place is maybe having something distinctive on your mask, you know, a little symbol that everybody in your family has the same little symbol on it or, you know, um, wearing something in your head that again can set you apart. It's kind of like when you go to the airport and you're trying to find your luggage and there's like a million luggage that come out looking like your own and, you know, just putting a bow on it can help you find it quicker. So again, think of your child and, you know, pointing it out that, hey, this is what, you know, we have on our mask or this is what we're, you know, I have in my head or whatever. And the other thing is for your child. So if they're a pin trader or like to wear a lanyard, you could put your cell phone number in there that in case a cast member, you know, is trying to help reach you, it helps them find you quicker. Um, If they're not carrying a lanyard, you could do something like in their shoe tag or, you know, on their shoelace, have something there as well. You know, but again, just things that would help your child find you and a cast member find you. Yeah, I love it. That's a, it's a great idea. And I, I really love when you're bringing up the, uh, the like the marking on the masks. Mm-hmm. You know, we so many times uh, families go to Walt Disney World Resort, right. Disneyland, whatever, and they all get these custom shirts made, right. you know, like first family trip or, right. you know, so-and-so family vacation or whatever. Um, there's so many of these p- 
people that do that now that are making custom masks right. and you can put things on them. Why not? You know, just go ahead and, you know, you're going to have to wear the mask anyway. Play along, have some fun right. and have it be, you know, the so-and-so family you know, vacation mask right, or whatever, right. True. you know. And then, yes, your kids can uh, find you that much easier because they know what those masks look like. Right. So That's really good, good tip. Really oh, good tip. Michelle <laughs> always has the very best tips. You're sweet. And it's it's helpful that even if you're not at at one of the Disney parks, sure. just if you're Anywhere, out in an mall, air, whatever, right? You know exactly park anything. Yep, definitely good tip. Thank Michelle's you. Tips, always the best tips. Oh, you're sweet. Yours. Uh, my tip. Well, th- this week is all about Hamilton, as it should be, as we lead <laughs> up to it. Um, I've. Actually, the whole group of us, you, me, right. Keenan, Rachel, we gave you many tips on Hamilton this week. So I'm going to let those just lay and just say, look, listen back. Those are all great tips to prepare you for. You're listening to Hamilton. But the one more thing I'm going to drop on you is that the Disney Dishes blog this week, uh, selfless, selfish <laughs> plug, whatever, uh, plug, plug, plug. Uh, we are going to be preparing you mm. to watch Hamilton with a variety of Hamilton-themed cocktails this week. So I will want you to pay attention to social media. Go to the Disney Dishes blog and check it out if you want to have a little libation to enjoy your viewing of uh, the $10 founding father without a father (laughs) to find Hamilton. Uh, We're going to have a bunch of them out there. Uh, Things like America's favorite Fighting French Martini, <laughs> the Hamel Colada, what was it? The Alexander Hamilton Fizz, I think it is one another one. Right. The Burr Bun Manhattan. <laughs> we're gonna uh, on, in the eye of the hurricane. hurricane. Uh, we're gonna have a few drinks out there for you to enjoy. One of those is bound to hit your wheelhouse of what you enjoy. Right. So, and we uh, might have one or two non-alcoholic ones. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Why? No. <laughs> A lot of these can be made into virgin uh, <laughs> versions of these, or we may have some non I have an idea for yeah. at least one. Well, good. One. Good. Mm-hmm. Why? No. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's great. We want the just whole family. Drink to, in between. We want the or... whole family to get involved. Right. So we will definitely do that as well. So uh, pay attention to us on social media. Watch the Disney Dishes blog. We'll have all sorts of new, interesting cocktails for you to check out and enjoy yeah. Hamilton that much more. Right. And let us know what you're going to be using yeah. to celebrate, whether it's it's fun food that's associated with the play or some of the cocktails, or you may have some of your own ideas for drinks. So let us know what your plans are. Absolutely. Yes, uh, definitely hit us up. Uh, there are many ways you can hit us up. Best place to find us, by the way, is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. You can always sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, that's, that's one right. way to hit us up <laughs> or to get to know, be knowing the more about the show anyway. Yes. And you'll be glad because it's a fun newsletter. It's a funky newsletter. <laughs> Very the, funky. I don't know. I still say you put the fun in the funky. As long as I don't put the funk in funky. You do not. Funk. You put funk. the fun. Funk. <laughs> that's fun. why she sits over there. <laughs> Also, right. please follow us on social media. We're very active on social media with the likes of Keenan and Rachel, for that matter, on mm-hmm. part of our world podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. Please check us out on YouTube. All you need to do is go do a search on YouTube for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We'll come right up. And then if you just hit subscribe, any video, you'll be in, uh, you'll know whenever one of our videos uh, comes out, just like hopefully this one. Yes. If I don't screw another one up. <laughs> well, you're getting better. I am You're getting learning better. a lot, so I'm very proud of you. Very slowly, but I am getting better. Yeah. 
<laughs> and of course, you can always contact us through email at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Great way to suggest a topic, answer any questions that we have, or just to say hi. We love hearing from you, and that's a great way to get in yeah, contact. Yeah, it's with always us. fun hearing from people. And all, again, always fun and exciting when we do receive a review. Whether it's stars only or an actual review, we love it and we appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. And all of our re- people that have dropped us reviews so far, anybody who decides to do it in the future, uh, we love it. We appreciate it so much. You guys Definitely. are amazing, as are all of our listeners. Yes. You are all amazing. Thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a hamorific <laughs> week. Bye. <laughs>